Welcome to Into the Aether. It's a low-key video game podcast. My name is Brendan Bigley. I'm Stephen Hilger. Stephen, today I'm sick. Sick of playing bad video games. So I went back and started playing Assassin's Creed Odyssey again. And let me tell you, that game fucking rules. I... Want to? I want to challenge the lead-in you had there because I feel like we only talk about things we like. Yeah, that's you know? that's a good point. Yeah. <laughs> Every game we've ever bit... talked about, bad. Assassin's Creed Odyssey, good. That's you sound like an angry guy on YouTube. He's like, <laughs> I'm sick of I'm sick of change. I hate change. <laughs> and his, they added like, post- wall running to Call of Duty. Yeah, remember remember when Gage? I'm... <laughs> so I don't think you were that. So I don't want you to to give the wrong impression. No. Then again, I just sat in my room and made fart sounds into like a vaguely expensive microphone. So like, who is who is who do you root for in this case? Yeah, that's a good point. Maybe both of us are reprehensible. <laughs> anyway, you're playing Assassin's Creed. I'm playing Assassin's Creed Odyssey again. I keep wanting to say Origins, but that's not what it is. It's Odyssey. So we were almost going to talk about this last week because we were talking about Alto's Odyssey, and I was like, oh, we should talk about. The Assassin's Odyssey Creed Odyssey, episode. and then maybe yeah. also just like revisit Super Mario Odyssey while we're at it, just for fun. And, you know, just skim through Homer's Odyssey, just for fun. It, just for fun, yeah, just for fun. I Whoa. got the Iliad. He's got on one my... eye? Amazing. Is that yeah. is that the Odyssey? Is that the Iliad? I don't know. Uh, one of them. I'll double check and let you know. Okay, let's skim through it. Anyway, yeah, yeah I so Assassin's Creed Odyssey recently dropped some DLC that was like, hey, you get to go visit Atlantis. You just get to like go to Atlantis, and it's just like this beautiful, incredible underwater city run by people who are like technologically advanced past you know anything that should make sense for ancient Greece. And I was like, that sounds great. I want to try that. And then I yeah. jump back into the game and realize that I couldn't try that until I finished the main game, which is kind of a bummer. But also has gotten me back into Assassin's Creed. I think like to be completely honest, I constantly talk about like, maybe this will be the game that I play. Maybe this will be the one that I keep going back to. Like I I mentioned it with Minecraft a while back when we talked about that. But Assassin's Creed is the game that I've been filling all of my time with whenever I have any free moments. Outside of rewatching all the Marvel movies leading up to the last Avengers, I've been playing Assassin's Creed. And like, it is honestly just the most chill game. Am I shoving spears through people's faces? Yeah, all the time. And it's sick. But I spend just as much time running around in the mountains taking pictures of goats because there's an incredible photo <laughs> mode. You're going to love my friend. Uh, he, he's got a bit of a, a violent streak, but he's really into photography. I think you're going to really hit it off. <laughs> just don't ask him what he does the 30% of the day. Yeah. 70% of the day, he's all about collecting honey and bees and making potions and <laughs> taking pictures of goats. The other the other part, not so much. Yeah. But, but what... It's interesting about this game now that I'm getting like more into it for real because we talked about it, I think maybe like October or November. A when year it came ago, out. it was a decade ago. Yeah, it was a whole yeah ten years ago. We were different people then. Uh, we talked yeah. about Assassin's Creed when it came out, and I, I think my main takeaway from that game was like, wow, this is very impressive. And there's like a lot of really interesting things happening mechanically. Yeah. There are a lot of like cool systems where you're like the Spartans and the Athenians are fighting over different pieces of land, and you can just decide which of those two you feel like fighting for at any given time, and take little plots of land for Sparta or for Athens, and you just kind of go back and forth doing that and I was really focused on that and the whole like cult system where there's like a whole bunch of cultists we talked about 
how the cult system was kind of like the best version of like an Assassin's Creed kind of mercenary hiding in the shadows thing possible because you're tracking mm-hmm. down these people whose identities you don't know and like interrogating other people to get more information so you can find them and then take them out and you're working your way from the outside of a web to the middle of the web so you can wipe out this entire like weird scary cult and like that's all cool still I'm really enjoying all of that but now I'm really getting into the story itself because I'm kind of flying through it to get to the Atlantis stuff. And I got to say, this story is really good in a way that I was not expecting. I, I've gone to I've gotten to the point where like the the game starts you on this little tiny island that like you're li- I, I think we joked about this even like you're you are literally just killing goats like that's just like what you do as a mercenary <laughs> it's like oh there's this yeah. goat and he's bashing up against my house can you please take out the goat before my house falls over thank you that really is like the internship of a hero's journey where you just like well there's a few rats in the basement you might want to like learn how to walk and then uh yeah you know sprint up a mountain and kill a goat yeah, that that is how that game starts. And and that island that you start on, it's not small. It's like a pretty big island. But once you actually get a boat and you leave that island and you start exploring the world, the world is like honestly way too big. I don't think I'll yeah. ever see all of it. It is like unreal how big it is. And there's stuff hidden just everywhere. It's like totally wild. So I, I kind of like ventured off when I first started playing it into like little tiny sea towns, like just the ones that were obviously, you know, next to the ocean and I would pull up my boat and hang out there. But what I've ended up at now is like, I'm finding real cities. And one of the cities that I just dropped into was Athens. Like I'm in Athens and it's huge. It's like an unbelievably massive place. And the story in Athens takes you into the world of like the, uh, like the rich and wealthy in Athens. So like Socrates like hangs out with you all the time and is like super fucking annoying and won't stop asking everybody questions. And they're just like, please, Socrates, you gotta stop. (laughs) I really like that. Yeah, you you gotta stop my dude. But you're like, you're like, rubbing elbows with with like the influential and wealthy and powerful and you go from like zero to 60 on that front rather quickly in a really interesting way so like i just did some some missions where like the guy who's running athens at the moment asked me to like go in apparently i don't know if this is true but like they try and keep these games pretty accurate i think historically outside of the obvious like alien stuff and like atlantis you know but like for the for the main (laughs) game i love that it's like you can't you have to make sure that farming, like a life on a farm is accurate, but people will have gills. So, you know, right. Yeah. Live a little. I, I just I just did a mission where uh, apparently at some point in Athenian history, there, there was like a rule where if two people broke a law that like really wasn't that big of a deal, if it wasn't like terrible, it's not like, oh, you have to go to prison forever, like you murdered someone or something. What they would do is they would put them both on trial simultaneously, and then the people could vote for which one got to stay in Athens and the other person would have to leave for 10 years. And that that was just like how they did that. So I just did a a quest where I had to like go in and steal a ballot box and like stuff it to make sure that one guy left Athens for the the guy who's running all of Athens. He was like, hey, I really need you to like make sure this guy gets banished. So I do it and I pull it off and I and I am at the I'm at the like ballot box when they're counting it and they're like, hey, this guy's got to go. See you later. And Socrates is standing there and he's like, this doesn't make any sense to me because the guy that you just made sure got banished is like the best friend of the dude that runs Athens. I don't understand why you would want him to be gone for 10 years. And you find out later 
that this guy was like a brilliant sculptor and he was like, look, he did like one slightly fucked up thing and I can't let that, I can't let that like define his whole life. So now he's going to have to go out into the world and like learn from, learn from everything else outside of Athens and and use that to make his sculpting better, which was like a really kind of wild. So cool. I love that. Yeah. It was interesting. I mean, there was a subplot where like if he stayed in Athens, he probably would have died or something. Oh, I see. But but I really enjoyed the like artistic twist on that. Yeah, it's a bit more nuanced than like constantly like getting revenge for other people. You know, yeah. talk to anyone in Oblivion, and they're like, "Can you kill my neighbor?" Yes, that's <laughs> or, <you know. laughs> that's what I'm finding like really surprising about this game is that the more of these quests I do, the more nuanced they're getting, and it's not at all like, "Hey, I just need you to go murder this guy. I need you to go murder right. this guy. I need you to go murder this guy." Just down in infinity you know it really does get a little bit more nuanced than that and and really i think encapsulates what makes what could make these games really cool or what could have made these games really cool for all these years because i feel like assassin's creed 1 and 2 and all the offshoots of 2 and 3 and 4 like all of those games were just basically like you have to stalk somebody around a city and then you have to jump from a rooftop and shove a dagger in their head and like that was the assassin's creed model for like years and years and years and it's really cool that at this point they're really interrogating like okay you are a mercenary you are a sellsword what does that mean what kind of stuff would you actually be doing outside of crouching amongst a bunch of monks to like hide you know like that very lame assassin's creed thing and it rules i love it it's really 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 fun both like leaning heavily into the story and also just running around what seems to be like an infinite world i am i'm having a great time with it in a way that i kind of wasn't expecting because i generally don't revisit games once i put them down like this mm. but the atlantis stuff like got me intrigued enough that i mean I who to can check say no to atlantis who That's can say amazing. no to atlantis i saw some screenshots of it and it looks like unreal because like there's no bounds <laughs> of reality happening there it is just like them doing whatever the hell they want with this like frankly beautiful engine which is which is sick oh i did find the first like assassin's creed like subplot stuff where like I got pulled out of the Animus. The Animus, for those of you who haven't played, is like the thing that transports you from the future into the past. I got pulled out of the Animus because I found some like alien sculptures. It's like, fuck, it's so ridiculous. There's like digital. So I was in ancient Greece and I found this like giant doorway that was made of like, it was like a triangle made of steel and it just kind of like opens up and light shoots out and you walk in and there's like a little cave with like weird digital lights all over the place. And like, that doesn't make any fucking sense. I don't play these games for that. Like I don't play these games to see weird alien stuff. Like I kind of wish they would just bail on that entirely. <laughs> I guess that is the one thread holding it all together, even though it's like the most like bananas part of the story. Yeah, it's really confusing because from what I understand, the the like modern day quote unquote subplot of this game is that these people are looking through this person's memories to try and find the spear that she was using because it was the spear of Leonidas, the the Barton general from the like 300 battle. It's it's her spear, which was passed down from King Leonidas. Uh, and they're just trying to find where it is. So I don't understand how like a weird alien runic temple fits into that. And honestly, <laughs> if it ever could. But I'm enjoying <laughs> just like stumbling upon that shit every once in a while. The aliens are like, can you CC us in this spear search? Uh, and this, that, that's what results in these weird uh, yeah. sculptures. 
Yeah. That's so funny. It's really bizarre. Yeah, that sounds great. I mean, I, I don't know if I'll ever pick it up because it's it just sounds like a really big like investment. Yeah, it really is. And I feel like that game also came out pretty much in the thick of of a lot of games like that coming out. Like that was around the same time Red Dead Two came out. Yeah. Same time that like every kind of uh big like it was like Oscar season for games. Like every like game of the year contender was yeah. like, Here's the biggest thing ever made. Hope you like it. Eighty gigs. <laughs> so I just sort of like chose even I didn't even really get into Red Dead Two that much, despite enjoying my brief time with it. Yeah. I guess that's my thing is like I need I think that's why I'm drawn to certain things. Like I kind of need like I, I like I like the big games you can get lost in. I, I love Breath of the Wild. I love, you know, like all the old Elder Scrolls stuff, but I need like a catharsis at the end of the day. Like the games I go to are ones that like there's a very kind of direct like narrative payoff. Like those are the those are the games I feel like I am like apt to buying. You know, because I want to see like the full thing. I don't. I feel like games that just never end are not as high on my list. Uh, yeah. Even though I do play, like there's stuff like Alto's Odyssey where it's just like a go-to like game on my phone, or the stuff like Breath of the Wild. Where like, I don't even know if I'll ever do everything in that game, but it's kind of like revisiting a world that I feel familiar with. Yeah, and it sounds like that's slowly what this is becoming for you, where like you are enjoying this world and this vibe, and there's a lot of like surprises along the way. And I think that's kind of the beauty of a game like that. I think there's a lot of comparison to Witcher 3 uh, which is a game I have a lot of issues with but that game also had a lot of fun moments in the writing where you would do like a side quest that would become a bit more nuanced than like go mm. here and kill a big rat right yeah I mean <laughs> one of my favorite moments is I, I accidentally stumbled into a Magic the Gathering tournament in Witcher 3 or Gwent as they yeah, call yeah, it yeah, yeah. it's like the fake card game and like which is now I, a real card game it's very yeah. real now scary i don't know what it is i just like i the, the line in the sand i've drawn for myself is like to never get into card games because like i just feel like it would actively ruin my life yeah understandable uh, like i akin to smoking uh no no shade on anyone who does but like i just know that that's something i should avoid anyway i tried to even avoid it in a fictional world and i ended up at the tournament so uh, <laughs> <laughs> so i of course i get like completely destroyed round one but there was literally a whole subplot to that quest if you do lose you and this woman try to like cheat the tournament basically like sneak around and mm. and try to like sabotage it so i love when games allow for that kind of like organic discovery and giving you more options than just go here do x therefore y right yeah so, totally so. yeah in terms of assassin's creed that kind of stuff is like so you could go do the story as much as you want and there are obviously like 10 billion side quests at any given time i just found one that was like hey there's a bunch of legendary beasts all over the world like a giant <laughs> like a giant lion that looks a lot like scar from the lion king things like that like a giant snake that kind of stuff those are just like hiding all over the place so that's cool in terms of side quests but at the end of the day like the the thing that you can really drill down into is this like flipping the tides of war for athens or sparta at any given point and like also kind of chasing down these cultists over time which is great it's cool there's, there's just yeah. so much to do in that game and i i really appreciate it and like yes it's a probably multi-hundred hour experience but when i get home from work sometimes that's exactly what i need is to just like jump down into the middle of something that i know won't end anytime soon yeah no that you definitely need that i i go through phases too where i need to i think i said the phrase earlier like revisit a world yeah i think i think that that aura of familiarity is kind of what is appealing i think to you about something like destiny or something like uh mm. yeah games that you just return to and there's always new stuff for you to find yeah that rules 
we're very different in that way. I have to say, I feel like when you said earlier uh, that you don't revisit things, I feel like I often do, mm. which is interesting. I feel like there is that. I guess returning to a world for me is sometimes like rereading the story of it, like you know, yeah. going back to an old game like Final Fantasy IX and kind of uncovering old story beats and like remembering where I was when I first experienced that and and what I associate that with. It's like hearing an old song almost, you know. Yeah. Not to be too new agey about it, like dude, it's like looking at the <laughs> sky and seeing yourself, you know. But I think there's something to be said for what leads one to revisit something, whether it's a sense of discovery in a giant world that will never be fully mapped, or is it something that like you know like the back of your hand and you kind of just like go back to and, and it's like kind of checking in with an old friend in a weird way. Yeah. Uh, like rereading a book or rewatching a movie. I have a hard time with that. Like I, I would love to go back and play Breath of the Wild again, and maybe the way to do that would be on what is it called? Master mode, whatever like the hard mode yeah, is. Like yeah. maybe maybe that's the way to inject some kind of like newness, I think, in into a world that I knew like the back of my hand at that point. Sure. But I, I feel like I could never experience that game for the first time again. You know, like I, I think if I jump back into Breath of the Wild right now, it would still feel like I'm I'm going back to a thing that I completed, even though I technically didn't. But yeah, I get it, man. You're also very savvy and, and interested in what's what is new. And you know me stuck in the past. Steven stuck in the past. Hilger. Yeah, that's what that's what we call you. I, I show up at school and they're like, you don't go here anymore. You're an adult. Mm-hmm. What are you doing? And I'm like, sorry, I'm stuck in the past. Sorry. You call me. I just missed fifth grade. <laughs> oh, this is getting scary. Uh, <laughs> Want to take a break? Let's take a break. All right. Steven, we're back. Hey, how's it going? I'm okay. How are you? I'm doing great. Uh, this is a weird weekend. I know I know what many people come to this podcast for, uh, weather talk, hear hot takes on the weather. <laughs> But I, I would be remiss to say that it did snow yesterday in Chicago. Uh, oh, really? It is literally almost May. Yeah, it snowed. And I was literally heartbroken because you know me in the spring. I, I get all my power from it. Yeah. And we've had a great week. I can take like rain and storms and all that. I'm into that, honestly. Like 50s, 60s, rainy, sign me up. But snow, it just completely bummed me out. Yeah. But otherwise, I'm doing great, and I have something to talk about. Uh, another thing that's great for this show is me, Steven, not having touched a video game in several weeks. But I am happy to announce that I have revisited something old. Wow. Perfect. I have a backlog for every medium. Uh, it is weighing down on me like Atlas. I'm holding it up slowly. Mm-hmm. I, I The best and worst thing about me is I have like all the stuff I, I will get to. It's not like I'm not reading or... The only thing I literally have fallen completely off the bandwagon for, as you know, is, is TV. I have not watched a TV show in several years. Right. Uh, I don't know why, but I just... For some reason, I'm more attracted to the sense of involvement with reading and video games i'm not sure why but like that's like when i have time i do that what about movies i'll go i'll go to movies with a group i try i'm i want so desperately to be the guy with like cool clothes and like just Uh like a really aloof aura who goes into like a cafe and they immediately know like what it's like a hard drink to make but like is a big tipper you know Mm -hmm. and then i go to the movies alone and go like (laughs) and then like write a few notes and i leave um, I'm not that person. I need to go with friends because I need it to be like a social outing. You want to be that person or you don't want to be that person? I, as I put it into words, I actually really don't want to be that person. Yeah, but I'm glad you're what, not that person. <laughs> I don't think this podcast would exist if you were that person. No, I think I wouldn't have any friends if I was that person. You know what? That person's awful. 
That person's my nemesis. What I wanted to do is be able to go to the movies on my own and have that be like a thing for me. Yeah. But I can't. I just don't. I just don't do it. That I, I do I, all the time. I do go to the movies alone constantly. And it, yeah. it is the best. Once Movie Pass came out, I, I started going to the movies constantly. And maybe it's unconscious that when I tried to describe how I would be if I did that, it wasn't it was a nightmare scenario. So Right. But anyway, so I have a backlog for everything. Uh, and I'm trying to get to it. I I often get like eight new things for every two things I do. So it's quicksand of of intrigue. Right. But one of the things in my backlog uh, that I have a physical copy of is Super Mario RPG, The Legend of the Seven Stars. Whoa. Uh, oh, I didn't realize there was a subtitle in that game. There's a subtitle, man. It's always something like that, isn't it? I had to look it up because I'm like, it's like whatever. It's like the three holy coins, the goblet of coins. Um, <laughs> This this game is a pretty big cult following, but for anyone who doesn't know it, uh, it came out for Super Nintendo in 1996. I was uh, six when it came out, so you know I had it. <laughs> no, actually, I rented. It's a game a lot of people rented, and we're like, what is this? But I'll get into that. Yeah. It came out in 1996, Super Mario RPG. It's developed by Square. So this was this is probably the peak of Nintendo and Square's relationship. Right. I don't know if this game, like, soured anything because literally the next year they went to sony so i wonder if there's a story there Mm. but famously like every final fantasy game was on a nintendo system so i'm not quite sure the years of final fantasy 4 and 6 or 2 and 3 in the u.s but super nintendo had both of those final fantasies and this game which is kind of like a weird almost akin to kingdom hearts like this kind of marriage between two unlikely partners yeah so this was the kingdom hearts of nintendo this game's also pretty hard to find i i went to a strange old video game store and traded in like all my i I wanted to kind of condense my library to stuff i'm like what am i actually ever going to like look at like i'm never going to play gex enter the gecko ever again like take this away from me did you really give up a copy of gex enter the gecko I did, but they didn't take it. So I still have it. Oh, okay, good. No, no one will take it. It's like my Horcrux. Yeah, that's, I feel like that's, that's you your Jumanji it. board. Yeah. <laughs> Is it Horcrux? I'm very unfamiliar with Harry Potter. I read the first four books and fell off. Uh, yeah, Horcrux works. I somehow miss like big, I miss Game of Thrones and miss Harry Potter. Anyway, that's a whole other podcast. Um. Of things I missed. Things I missed but with Stephen H. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, what's the big deal with James Bond? I've never seen a single one. Good night. <laughs> Are they all the same guy? They all have the same name? Why they look so different? Every episode is 30 seconds. What the heck is this thing, Matchbox 20? I don't care. Good night. <laughs> 3 a.m., more like I'm asleep. I don't want to hear this song, Rob. Get a job. Um, <laughs> things I missed. Why are we doing this show? That show rules. I love that show. We can make Things that show. I missed. Why Things am I, I like missed with Stephen H? I sound like uh, the too much tuna guys with uh, John Mulaney oh, and yes. Crawl. Yeah, charmed. I'm sure. Um, okay, back or, uh, to the Slipnuts. You know the Slipnuts? No, I haven't seen that. No, I'm not gonna get into the Slipnuts. Hey, Google Slipnuts <laughs> if you're interested in whatever the hell that is. <laughs> Things I missed. What the heck are Slipnuts? Um. <laughs> Okay, so Mario RPG, Jesus Christ. This sh- <laughs> this show is basically juggling. Like the the same <laughs> stress I get is juggling. Um, yeah. So this game came out uh they didn't really make a lot of copies of it, which is why it's kind of rare now. It's not like Earthbound where a used copy goes for like $300, but right. This game I I got it for like 70 and I only got it because they had like they had like all the big rare games like in a 
like on a shelf somewhere and i traded mm. i went there just to trade in stuff and see if i could get like i don't know like a controller or something right but i ended up having like a hundred dollars of credit so i was like oh might as well get this game that i've always wanted to beat because this is a game that like i would wager 90 percent of people who if they've played it have played it on an emulator because like you know it's just one of those things yeah my very brief moment with this game was on an emulator but i did not get very far into it because i also yeah. thought it was something different than what it ended up being yeah it's it's really hard especially when this game came out and i'll i'll get into i think the influence of this game because i think it it's surprisingly large but i feel like this game has the potential of really like not making a good first impression because i think that there were probably a lot of kids myself included who rented it and were like this is in mario and put it away right yes <laughs> and there are pr probably a lot of like hardcore rpg fans who were like oh this is too like childish and and didn't play it only for it to get a cult following years later i will say i love this game i haven't gotten very far and i've never beaten it i got like probably about halfway through when i first played it like on a legal emulator it wasn't <laughs> but like in college i had it on like my laptop or whatever but um i wanted i always wanted a copy i always wanted to kind of like properly go through it because right it is a really unique game uh, for for starring Mario and his usual crew and some some new characters like Gino and and Mallow, I believe. It it it's really it, it's kind of like when we talked about Kingdom Hearts, you said like combining Disney with Final Fantasy. Sometimes it ends up becoming a commentary on both. Yeah, I think the writing of Super Mario RPG <clears throat> definitely feels like kind of a the game feels like a satire of RPGs and the writing feels like a satire of Mario. Mm. So like there's a constant recurring theme. So Mario is a silent protagonist. So like they constantly kind of refer to that. And the thing that like always makes me laugh is whenever you meet a character, they're like, oh my God, you're Mario. Like do the thing. Like I need to see it. And then you just hit jump and you do the jump. And they're like, oh my God, that is even more incredible in person. Like I've heard such good things. Wow, I love that. About your ability to jump. You know, and, and I would say that if I had to compare it to anything, the writing feels a lot like like a more general audience level of like Hitchhiker's Guide or even Terry Pratchett where it's clearly a satire of a genre but they're still giving things weight like it's not like a complete parody like it still has like a core story to it they just kind of have fun with the details and sort of like address the absurdity of certain things right so for example when like in your in your house you're hanging out and toad is like mario like uh what was i gonna tell you and then a goomba shows up and he's like oh yeah uh the kingdom is swarming with monsters and he's like do you know about time to tax and if you say no he teaches you like a tutorial if you say yes toad turns to goomba and goes hey you better watch out this guy knows everything about time to tax <laughs> So there's a lot of like really genuinely funny writing. Yeah. The game itself is like a very, very legit square RPG. That's amazing. It's completely turn-based. Uh, as Mario, you have a few, you can defend and run away, like the usual stuff. You can attack. Uh, in the beginning, you do like a punch, but eventually you get a hammer. You can also jump on enemies. And there's also like some kind of timing where like if you pull off like certain rhythms of things, it will do more damage. You get other characters in your party, like Mallow is a kind of cloud, uh, not, not cloud strife, but like an actual cloud. He's like a mage. <laughs> Awesome. And Gino is like this very, uh, I think he's like more physical attack rooted. You actually eventually get Bowser too, a spoiler for uh, Super Mario RPG 1996. And I believe you get Peach, I think, but you get like a classic party of four and you all level up and get different abilities. And uh, it's a pretty tough game. Like I actually 
earlier I, I wanted to play a bit more before we recorded and i like got killed by the first boss i was also like just kind of trying to find a save point so i stumbled into them before i was ready mm. it's a it's a really it's a really fun time i'm i'm happy to revisit it and i'm i i don't know if i'll like make a huge effort to beat it but i definitely want to experience more of it because i think it's it, it really has set the standard for this kind of subgenre of rpg i think most tangibly, this is the spiritual precursor to Paper Mario, which I think Paper Mario kind of captured. Paper Mario moved a little bit away from the like traditional RPG formula in terms of the combat and all that, but it was still very much an RPG. They just had a bit more fun with the world and some like exploration elements. Like yeah. a lot of that game, you had like one party member who had certain abilities that would get you around the map, and obviously the whole world was stylized like. Like everything is is made of paper, so everything is like it's like a three D plane with two D figures. Right, and that game also has like a lot of really funny writing. Yeah, I, I, th- I remember people. I think there's three of those, and like one of them there is are. really bad, right? But the other two so are great. The first Paper Mario was on N sixty four. That was also when I realized that I was much nerdier than most of my peers. Is when I got Paper Mario, and everyone else is like, I don't know what that is. I'm yeah. Like, oh. i thought that game was a joke because the commercial was very much just like a piece of paper with mario on it hence the title Mm. Uh, paper mario was for n64 that game is awesome i'd still recommend it if you if anyone hasn't played it um i'd actually probably recommend that one before mario rpg oddly enough i like mario rpg a lot but i also like the old school rpg like vibe paper mario though feels like the truest form of what they were going for yeah uh, this kind of with this kind of like self-aware but almost like veering between satire and like i don't know it it reminds me of like the best superhero comics where like they do poke fun at like what the hero is but they're also fully embracing what makes the characters great so it's like something about paper mario and mario rpg like it's all just kind of like trying to address how absurd the world of mario is but also giving things weight and and kind of capturing what makes the world feel kind of magical which i think is really interesting that's amazing that's really making me so they're making a a mario movie like another one not anything like the 1980s (laughs) one with the that was nightmarish yeah uh john leguizamo and uh a few other people Yeah. yeah But they're they're making a new one. I think it's Illumination Animation who do like Secret Life of Pets, those movies. They're working on a Mario movie. And I have no idea how they're gonna make that work. But yeah, it seems like Super Mario RPG might be like weirdly a good touchstone for how you tell a weighty story in a place as ridiculous as Mushroom Kingdom. I think so. I think especially I think uh <laughs> I love when Mario games really focus on Bowser because, like, he yeah. is, as we've talked about, like, there's more going on with Bowser than I think meets the eye, especially in this game. Like, you know, you meet him and he has captured Peach, and Peach is like, like, you fight Bowser on top of a chandelier, and Peach is like, hey, Mario, like, I know you probably already put two and two together, but, like, attack the chandelier, so he mm-hmm. just falls down. And, like, the minute you catch him alone, he's just, like, crying by himself, but he's like, oh, wait, like, I got you this time. You know, he's, like, <laughs> trying so hard to be a villain. I think, I, I forgot in what context he joins the party, but I love that he eventually becomes an ally, because I think that there is goodness in Bowser somewhere. He's just so committed to being yeah. a bad guy. You and I have, have hypothesized in the past that maybe Bowser just really wants to hang out with everyone and like that's yeah. that's his way of doing it is just by he just like, thinks he, he he is the initiator of social events but he does it the worst way possible right yeah i.e kidnapping and and trying to plan like to take over a kingdom <laughs> yeah yeah so going back to like the 
three Paper Mario games. There was a sequel for the GameCube that I've only played uh, a little bit, but that one's also very good. I, I think it's pretty much more of the same, so it didn't have the same like wave of of uh you play Paper Mario and you're like, there's really there are so few games like this that have this kind of tone. Like really funny, but also really heartfelt and and just like really immersive. The GameCube one I hear is also very good. The one for the Wii was kind of bad. Uh, that oh, that's that game okay. completely stepped away from any semblance of RPG mechanics and kind of became like a weird platformer. Oh, strange. It had some fun moments, but I think it, it kind of lost what made the series great. The series that I think actually picked up the torch from Paper Mario was the Mario and Luigi series. Oh, on, yeah, yeah, yeah. On the Game Boy. Those games, like if you want to... If you want a game that kind of focuses more on the kind of satire and and clever writing than the RPG battles, I think Mario and Luigi series is great. And that's also all those games, like going back to Super Mario RPG, going to Paper Mario and going to Mario and Luigi, those games you could definitely see the influence on stuff like Undertale and stuff like any like like those games really inspired a lot of kind of indie RPGs that kind of redefine what needs to go into an RPG. I mean, there are high stakes in terms of like there's, you know, it's the subtitles The Legend of the Seven Stars, right? But I think as the Final Fantasies kind of went more and more high stakes, apocalyptic stuff, I think games like Paper Mario took a step back and kind of looked inward and made something like really fresh and mm. and, and nice. Yeah. I think it's it's really tough to pull off that level of satire where it still is its own thing. It's not like completely discrediting itself. It's just sort of having fun with the moments. Yeah, that sounds awesome. I feel like, I don't know, part of me now wants to try and play it, but I feel like I, I would bounce off of it because um, I tried at one point years and years ago, but I do have my Android TV emulator box and it's yeah, on there. Yeah, I think... I think with Super Mario RPG, because it is a square RPG from 1996, you are going to get that. That might be either a selling point or a deterrent. Yeah. I think. Have you played Paper Mario 1? Uh, no. No, I haven't played any of them. I would. Hi- I think if, if I had to choose one game from this kind of like subgenre of weird, self aware mm. uh, Mario RPGs, <laughs> <laughs> which is my band name, I would say Paper Mario is the one. Because that, that game, it still has turn-based combat, but it kind of like Persona 5, it, it has a lot of fun with like how that works. Like In Paper Mario, every every battle is in this like really beautiful presentation, like you know, there's paper cutouts. You as Mario have a lot of abilities, and almost every attack does require some kind of button input. In Mario RPG, it's a bit more of like just choosing attacks, but Paper Mario has more fun with like, like there's one character named Cooper who's a, a Koopa. Uh, he's a turtle. Uh, there, I said it. And he has an attack where if you hold the joystick to the left and then let go, he like snaps through and attacks all the enemies in a line. So there's some fun stuff with like placement where some characters can like completely dominate a horizontal field. Some can yeah. kind of go in the air. There's one character who's a ghost who can hide you for a turn. So there's a boss that has like a mega powerful attack. They're charging up. You can hide yourself. So there's a lot of, I think, I think Paper Mario feels a little bit more strategic and less kind of like grindy like Super Mario mm. RPG does. But I also like how legit, like how much of a legit RPG Super Mario RPG is. Yeah, but that's incredible. There's no no getting around that title. Just the fact that like I'm choosing what stat of Mario to level up just makes me like 
giggle. It's just great. Yeah. It's, one of it's the also stats kind of jump. a uh, no. It's it's your health, your flower, which is like your MP, and I think your uh, I think star power or something. I forgot what that does. It's been a while, but yeah. that game also has a really unique look because it's on Super Nintendo, but it has kind of like a 3D render to everything. Yeah, it's like isometric kind of. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, it has a really cool style. I would highly recommend it. I wish it was more accessible. I you really do have to go into like a strange old video game store or get an emulator to play it but right. i think i think paper mario you can just get like pretty easily possibly that game is much more likely to be on the marketplace i could totally see them putting mario rpg on the switch though because like now i think square and nintendo are kind of reforming the the bond they once had so i could see them maybe doing that and honestly i would love for them to work together again i think that would be awesome i think if if you could have the people with the to make a game like octopath traveler with that kind of gameplay but have some whoever the writers were for this series like that would be unreal i think i think they kind of need each other yeah super mario rpg highly recommended from steven yes yeah Cool. Cool. Should we wrap up then? Yeah, I think so. I will say, I don't know, this always makes me kind of feel weird, but I, you know, it, it was a used copy. I always feel really bad deleting whatever save file was on the game before I got it. Oh my it. God, so yes. Like, it was like, oh man, Kevin put 30 hours into this game and now I'm just like, nope, now it's Steven. Yeah. Oh no. Yeah. That is so sad. Would, yeah. But I just wanted to just give a brief moment uh, of condolences for Kevin's save file yeah. on Super Mario RPG, oh, probably Kevin. from 1996. Yeah, I remember I was in Ohio recording an album a couple of years ago, and there was a uh, there was like a 90s nostalgia shop right by the studio, and I I had done all of my tracking like the first day of like a seven day recording stint. So I went to the nostalgia shop and I I bought a Game Boy and a copy of Pokemon Blue. Like the Game Boy was new, which was amazing. Uh, like still in the box and stuff, but the but the the Pokemon Blue was um, used, and I I loaded it up and I like walked around in this person's save file for a bit before deleting it, and it was like they every Pokemon was level 100, they all had names, they had beaten the Elite Four, they filled out the Pokedex, like I felt so bad deleting yeah. it. But you got to start your journey just because like yeah. you know there's a level 100 hypno named David telling you not to go, like you have to <laughs> yeah you have to spread your wings and fly. Absolutely. I don't know what it is with me and Hypno. He just always is the first one I think of. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. Let's wrap up. <clears throat> Let's wrap up. Anything on the horizon before we do? Anything uh, that you're thinking of getting too soon? Uh, well, not Persona 5 for the Switch, unfortunately. Oh, yeah. I <laughs> totally forgot about that. What? Oh, man. We've never been more wrong about what something was going to be. <laughs> yeah. I love that we fully leaned into a thing that had, like, no confirmation, not even, like, really rumors. It was just, like, just everybody's hopes and dreams where that Persona 5 was going to come to Switch. And now it's apparently a Musou game. It's just, like, Hyrule Warriors with Persona. Whoops. Which is, like, fine. I mean, like, it's not my thing. Yeah. But... Some people love those games. I like Hyrule yeah. Warriors. I, I enjoyed that one. I used to play Dynasty Warriors back in the day. Yeah, they're good, like turn your turn your brain off games yeah i mean i mean that as a compliment just sort of like zone out and fight a bunch of monsters yeah no i i just bought katana zero which is like a cool cyberpunk samurai game by um distributed by devolver digital very cool so i'm gonna check that out i'm thinking about getting cuphead for switch potentially oh yeah me too i i've been trying to so for my birthday nintendo gave me like a 30 percent off discount which is very nice of them thank you nintendo thanks nintendo and I'm just trying to figure out how to make it work because I redeemed them online and it's like, you're whatever. It's the usual Nintendo online stuff. Yeah. But um, yeah, I might pick up Cuphead. I'm kind of hesitant because I do have it on my Mac, but I would much rather play it on Switch. But 
Yeah. I don't know. We'll see. There, it's, this is kind of a slow period, honestly. Like I've been a little busier, and and there's not really much coming out that's like immediately on my radar. So yeah, which is probably good. <laughs> it's not good for the show, but it's good for me. Yeah, uh, it's a, good for my game. wallet at least. Yeah, exactly. So, but I mean, there's again, I have quite a backlog, so I I might talk about Mario RPG again if I get any farther. Uh, I, I think the next thing I'll do is Firewatch because that's a pretty short game. I just want to start that from the beginning. Please. So, yeah, I think I think Firewatch will be the next one again because I want to usher in some spring summer vibes, and that's a good spring summer game. Yeah, you know, absolutely. I'm gonna start over because I got to a point like I just literally had no idea where to go. I get lost very easily mm. in every in all areas of life. Yeah, in all ways too. Um, <laughs> well, if you need help with it, let me know and I can help you. Yeah, because I yeah, played that game sure. three times. Oh wow, I feel that's the one. I know I I. God, if you if you really did a track record of like what I said, we'll talk about what we do. It's like ne- it's like maybe one out of ten mm. is real. Yeah, but I think Firewatch will be the next one. I think I'm gonna make an active effort to do that. Yeah, that sounds good. Cool. Firewatch is next. Um, sick. Let's wrap up. Oh yeah. Thank you so much to everybody who listens to the show. Um, if you like it a whole bunch, you can head over to iTunes and write a review. That would help a lot. We also have a Twitter account. It's at Into the Cast, and we have a Discord that you can join. Um, it's bit.ly slash TWG discord. All those links will be in the show notes so you don't have to remember them and then try and type them into a browser. You can just click on them, you know, <laughs> because it's 2019. Go to, go to internet Explorer, send us a fax. AOL keyword, Aether. <laughs> no, not AE. It's the A and E together. I'm glad our title has catched on as it has because it is like very hard to remember and type. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's maybe not the best, most searchable title, but but you know you can't win them all. You can't win them all. Yeah, I, I echo uh, all Brenda's sentiments as I do every week. We really appreciate the support, and I hope you have a wonderful week. And if you have anything you want to recommend to us in any way, uh, please do because I think like right now, especially, I am kind of like not like I, I don't have I, even though I have a backlog, I'm pretty open to what I'm experiencing. So if you have anything you'd like us to talk about or whatever, I'm totally open to hearing about that personally yes same yeah okay otherwise spring is on its way don't worry hang in there if you're in the midwest like me and it's snowing don't give up hope it will be here one day it's gonna be great <laughs> i just found my vita yeah i was like what are you doing with that what is that wow the playstation vita. Sh- <laughs> <laughs> you're like a magician but instead of doves it's just vitas <sighs> i wish yeah <clears throat> okay Amazing. all right let's get out of here G- goodbye. goodbye everyone have a good week please have a good one Bye-bye. TWG, the worst garbage dot online.